Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Patty and myself have teamed up with Beer52, uh, beer52.com, and uh, they've given us a little bit of an offer for you guys that when you first sign up to Beer52, um, you normally get, uh, for postage and packaging, for, for the price of five ninety five, you normally get eight cans of beer, um, just randomized cans of beer, and it's, uh, you, you know, they send them out to you. But if you use the code beer52.com forward slash love, as in L-O-V-E, um, they will actually give you 10 cans of beer as opposed to eight cans of beer. Um, by signing up as well each month you know you become a member and each month you're sent a case of beer whether it be uh themed beer from czech republic or wherever you can select what types of beer you want whether it be dark beers or light beers or mixed beers so there's quite a lot that you can do on there as well subscriptions monthly come with um magazines and with 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 snacks as well if that's something that you're interested in and you know the subscriptions don't have a time limit so you can cancel them and pause them at any time it's just something interesting, you know, if you guys wanted to stack up for Christmas or maybe just wanted to get some beers in for uh, for Steven Gerrard's first game against uh, against Brighton in a week's time. Um, I do have to let you guys know as well, though, that this is only available for uh, UK, mainland UK and people in Northern Ireland. Unfortunately, we can't even avail of it here in Ireland ourselves, which, um, look, hopefully it will change in the future. But for anybody who's UK based and Northern Irish based, beer52.com forward slash love if you're interested in getting a few free beers give it a shout give them a shout and they'll be able to get you sorted it is a subscription service so do read any of the terms and conditions prior to uh, prior to signing up but 10 beers for the price of 5.99 post, 5.95 postage and packaging if that's something you're interested in uh, give it a shout and see what what what, what you think so it's uh, all for play for still I think so do you want to bet against us <laughs> Gerard, Gerard, he's big <laughs> and he's fucking hard. He's better than Remigard. Steve Gerard, Gerard, Steve, brilliant win, guys. We're here to talk about the win, as you can see. Still celebrating after our win yesterday. Aston Villa two, Brighton nil. 
Steve Drag gets off the schneid in his very first game. First time that a Villa manager has won their opening Premier League game since John Gregory in February 1998 and couldn't be happier. And as you guys may have noticed, there's three people on the screen here. And before we get any further, I'm delighted today to announce Adam Slack from The Struts, the internationally renowned famous band The Struts is here with us today and he's going to talk to us about Steve Jarrett's very, very first win. Adam, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. We're absolutely delighted to have you on. Oh, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an honour to be here. So thank you for having me. And um, I'm good. Yeah, I'm buzzing, to be fair, after yesterday. It's, it's absolutely amazing, Adam, because I thought the only person that would have ever shared the stage with Victoria's Secrets models that I would have in a podcast would have been Paddy. But it turns out that you come on the podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> a friend oh, yeah, of you doesn't know you, you 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 can find that video on uh on, on, on YouTube where the guys play uh, a set to the, with Victoria's Secrets models. Um is actually quite it's quite good and the music is brilliant as well. <laughs> ah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paddy, how are you doing today as well, Paddy? I'm good, I'm tired, but good. I'm buzzing since yesterday, absolutely buzzing. Um we were uh, 18 hours on the road from from leaving Limerick at five o'clock in the morning yesterday to getting back at just after 11 last night, just in time to get a cup of tea and watch match of the day. So uh, fell asleep during match of the day. So as to be expected, I was so bloody tired, but well worth it. Absolutely well worth it. And I promised myself I wouldn't do those day trips ever again, but uh, needs must when you, when you get a new manager and you're expecting a bounce. So I'm glad we did it. Yeah, and just Stephen will be getting his provisional license soon anyway, so he can he can drive from then on. And all you have to do is sleep in the car from the way down. So that would be great. That would be great. Um, so, yeah, guys, look, as I say, 2 nil Aston Villa. And, uh, and and looking up, I suppose, again, first win since, what did I say it was last time, Paddy? 29th of, Feb- of September when we September. beat... Was it 29th of September was it when we beat Manchester United? And... Um, you know, I, I suppose, Adam, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of excitement about the game building up because of, of for obvious reasons. But when the team sheet was announced, yeah. um, did you think that there was anything maybe a small bit odd about the team sheet or was it maybe business as usual for you? And what was your kind of initial feelings even before kickoff happened? Well, like, listening to podcasts and stuff and then checking out what Gerard done at Rangers, I knew that, you know, they played with, like, two number 10s kind of thing. So when I saw that Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings were on it, I thought, oh, finally. Like, Because everyone's been saying that it's Ollie Watkins going to go out on the wing. Now we've got Danny Ings. So when I saw the team sheet, I was like, oh, that's probably going to be the case then, which was cool. And I, I wasn't sure. I mean, obviously he got the goal. It was great. But when he was out on the left, I wasn't sure how, you know, it wasn't. I don't think he had the best game for, like, the first half anyway. But, um, no, I thought the team sheet was good. Um I thought Ramsey had a good game, but uh, no, Buendia I don't think has really kicked off yet, has he, bless him, but no, uh, no. but um, no, I thought it was nice to see that formation and the difference, definitely a different style of play um, to what we've been used to with Dean Smith, which was a nice welcome change, to be honest. There were glimpses of Dean Smith that I thought, like in the first half, like (laughs) when... When they had like the possession more, I don't know. I see Tyrone Mings just knocking it forward from that. I was like, oh, not again. 
<laughs> and the fans actually gave him a bit of stick about that. I think at one stage they didn't, or, or there was there's one instance I think where he kind of looked up, but maybe he was going to try and play it out of defence, and then he just langered it up the field as far as it was going and went out over the line out for a throw in or whatever. And I know the Brighton fans were were, were trying to get at him, but uh, uh, I think that's a fair synopsis. I think that you said that there were lots of glimpses of the Dean Smith era there, and I suppose really it's interesting because how much time would he would Dean, would Gerard have had to actually spend with the players, considering some of the money got back late on Thursday nights. So, um, but the, the the green shoot green shoots of a new system were there for sure. And Paddy, you mm-hmm. being in the stadium yourself, how I suppose how did you feel the how how were the people around you reacting to the game um, as the game was going on? You know, what was the reaction in stadium? Yeah, well. I don't. I don't know if I'm giving a fair synopsis. There's a few people around me that would be complaining if you were six nil up. So uh, they're the same <laughs> every week. I'm there, you know. So they're never happy. Um, it it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest of performances. But you know, the one thing that I took out of it, even if you if you discount the last ten minutes of the game, is the work rate, is the, is the press, is the intensity of people's play, um. You know, you mentioned Buendia there and something you wouldn't have seen on, on TV because obviously he's not focused on him. That guy put in one hell of a shift. And he didn't do an awful lot with the ball, but he put in one hell of a shift. Um, and and to be fair, there, I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint anybody that didn't. I thought um I thought Jacob Ramsey was absolutely incredible. Um the work rate from him. I think he's the future. He's he's going to be the future in that system, if if that if that's how he continues to play it. Um, for so, for such a young guy, he's such a clever set of shoulders on him. He just picks the right option nine times out of ten. Mm. He's a he's going to be a brilliant brilliant player. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Buendia as well. Um, and that's an interesting one, Paddy, because if I was to sit here and you were to say who do I think, you know, maybe didn't bring their full A game. Yesterday, and uh, who I think was possibly a passenger, I would have said Bundia. I would have said Bundia, and, and, and Watkins probably in the first half, I don't think showed up. So it's interesting when you're there and you can see all the effort he does. And I suppose, look, I'm going to be really honest. I was tainted because the, the camera shone in on him again, and it's not the first time, it's not the second time, it's probably the third time that he's been taken off and he's thrown a little hissy fit on the, on the sideline. Maybe that's his thing. Maybe that's just him being yeah. annoyed at himself. It, in but fairness, I think he's annoyed at himself yesterday. Definitely he maybe seemed so. to be annoyed at himself. So, you know, fair play to him. Um, I, I, I've, I've known him with praise for him yesterday. I know he didn't get involved in the play, but it, it was a pleasure to watch the effort that he put in. I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching him, because, especially in the second half when he was perceived to be running out of steam, even for the last five minutes before he came off. He was busting and go to get around that pitch in fairness to him. Mm, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one, I suppose. Really, like it's it's one thing that we don't have too much of. Um... A visibility on as you guys know i like i like my stats i like to just look at them try and confirm my own what my eyes have seen as well but one of the things i don't have and if anybody out there that's listening knows of any website that carries the distance covered uh for people during games um please let me know uh because i would be really really interested in that for sure for sure for sure mm-hmm. um adam talk about talk, talk to me about when you were watching the game yesterday like like the midfield itself I'm going to say my initial kind of thought on the on the midfield yesterday was, and we've all alluded to it. We've probably like you've mentioned uh, Ramsey and Buendia, Paddy, but the midfield itself seemed to have it was it was more 
It was more congested midfield, I thought. We created a more congested midfield and we forced them to go wide. And, and that guy, Mordor, or whatever his name was, the fellow from Lord of the Rings, uh, playing out on the left-hand side and, and obviously Lamptey on the right-hand <laughs> side. They were their outballs, I think, in those in those instances there. But yeah. what did you make of that kind of midfield triangle, I'm almost going to call it call it yesterday? Was it something that you felt was a bit different or, 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 or what were your feelings on that? I think this passing was just quicker in general. Like... It just, I felt like, um, in a, especially for like the first 10 minutes, at least anyway, like just getting forward quicker. I thought McGinn had a great game. Um, some of the balls he was playing, it was just like unreal. Um, and uh, I thought the, it was kind of weird because when they had it on the wings, they kind of, the three, like McGinn and Ramsey would go out and help the, mm-hmm. like Matty Cash and um, Matt Target out. And the camber just kind of literally just sat in front of the back four, didn't he? I thought he did great. Yeah. I think just let them have it when it was in the defence. And as soon as they came forward, it kind of went out. And then, you know, Lamptey just has pace for days, doesn't he? So that was, the like you say, their get out. But I thought it looked good. Um, I thought it looked packed and looked just actually hard to beat. I don't think really Brighton had... They had a couple of, like, chances in the first half. But, like, overall, compared to what... You know, when we'd win games, usually they'd have a fair a lot of chances and Martinez would be getting a lot of saves off and, you know, blocks. But they didn't really have that much going. And I think it's just, yeah, the midfield seems stronger. Um, I, I still think there's a way to go, but um, no, better. And, uh, yeah, Ramsey feels like how he played yesterday reminded me of, you know, Jack in a way. Like he was just carrying the ball, running at players, and it was just... It was nice to see. And, um, yeah, I think they all offer something different, for sure. Um, but yeah. I think McGinn got it on the wing and, like, crossed it from the right, you know, left peg. And it was yeah. just like, I don't know how he played that ball, but it was unreal. <laughs> yeah, I remember that I remember that ball as well. And it was interesting because <sighs> I think definitely in the first 10 minutes, so you can probably break the game down into three separate areas. The first 10 minutes, we were pretty much on top we had we had a very good start and, and our midfield for my money and, and i'm i'm hoping to put out a, a maybe a podcast on or, or a video review on tuesday of how we set up tactically once i get it get five minutes to myself <laughs> I, I, i'm gonna try and put something out uh, because i did find it really interesting and specifically first 10 minutes and then the next 70 minutes were completely different because what happened was what I what I found happening in that midfield area was that we did play with with, with two sixes with McGinn and we had McCamba. McGinn actually got a bit more forward in the, in, in the first ten minutes. And almost sat on top of um, on top of Basuma. If Basuma came to the right hand side, if not, he was kind of there playing as a spy. So when the ball went to Basuma, they kind of crowded him out a small bit. As after the first ten minutes. It was a case whereby he kind of withdrew a small bit more, and so did Ramsey. So the, as you're, you're you're dead right, Adam. And Ramsey and and McGinn both kind of played as, I'm, I'm not going to say wide midfielders, but they were a bit wider to allow our full backs to go forward, and they kind of they kind of filled those half spaces there as well. And what that allowed, and what that what happened there was that Buendia was I think Buendia was supposed to stay more centrally to sit on Basuma, but it didn't happen. And I think that happened a small bit more after the half. Um, that Buendia kind of, kind of came to drift in more into the centre uh, to sit on Basuma because Basuma did get a bit of a stronghold in that game and he did start to pass an awful lot of games, an awful lot of balls. And I think that he was, I know a lot of people say Lamptey would have been uh, 
Brighton's best player yesterday, but Bazuma, I think for me, got in the ball an awful lot and, and he did an awful lot with it. But it was interesting for me to see that there was almost two systems set up in midfield because much and all as we love Dean Smith and we absolutely do, uh, and we will continue to hear in this podcast at least, that uh, yeah. it was very much a case that their midfield would be set up in minute one would be the same setup as it was in minute 90, or at least to the naked eye, there wouldn't be any two discernible uh, kind of differences as well there. So it's 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 really interesting. And, and you know what? You have to be kind of excited as well because with Douglas Luis being out and Akamba coming in and Akamba doing the job that he did yesterday and, 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 and lest we forget that for our first goal, Nakamba gets the block in, you know, from that cross. Nakamba gets the block in and makes its way to Ashley Young and the ball in gets played forward and, and, and Watkins finishes with a with, with a great finish. So, like, I think he's had a nice little uh, audition, I think, for Steven Gerrard. And obviously, it's better to have people like that that maybe are looking to stamp their 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 name on the team sheet with the likes of Douglas Louise to come back in and obviously with Sanson on the bench and so on as well. So so it was really interesting part of the midfield for me yesterday, the midfield, uh, the the midfield three for sure, to, to, to see how they went and how they played. Paddy, can I ask a question to you as well about what was about, about Maddie Target? Because obviously he's been a man who has... Copped a little flack, I suppose, from everybody. Mm. Everybody, I think. I, I this year, this year he's been. I'm not going to say public enemy number one, but he's obviously been a player that's been down in his luck. A uh, player that hasn't performed as well as he did last season. Uh, what was the sentiment towards him in, in in the stadium yesterday? Well, I think everyone was delighted that he, that he had he had upped his game. I thought it was his best game of the season for us. He he looked solid. He looked back to what we know he's capable of. Um, I'm hoping that's not just a one-off because you know we we're, we bloody need him because we're we're short in that department, and when we saw you know he went down injured, people were genuinely upset. They were like, "Oh my god, we could do without this now," you know. And then we saw Ashley Young warming up and Ashley Young coming on, and we were expecting to see number three on the board, and it wasn't. And everyone was like, "Oh, thank God, he's okay to continue." So it was blatantly obvious that. Uh, uh, Gerard sees Ashley Young in a more attacking role than 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 a fullback, so I'm hoping that continues for a long time as well. But in, in fairness to him, he had a really good game. You know, it needs to be said we've 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 said in the past when he when he hasn't had a good game and whatever. And just before you gloss over, I thought Nakamba was excellent. And the one thing I took out of what what the midfield were told, they were told not to play on the ball, they, were, they win back the ball or or get the pass and then give it. There was none. Of, there was no messing about in the in the middle of the pack. It was all about getting the ball, winning it back, and then giving it off and letting someone else do the work. There was no stupid giving the ball away, overplaying it, taking one touch too many, and and I think that's what they focused on yesterday as a midfield three. And that's a, that's actually a, a good point because. Um... I have written down here. I've it's like it's like a like a game of countdown here sometimes with me. I've got a piece of paper here and some of them I've finished what I was writing on them and that's other pieces I haven't. And you know the way in countdown when somebody when they get the numbers and if they try and get them make the numbers add up to whatever the number is, and then they say, Yeah, I think I have it here, but I haven't it written down. Anyway, sorry, that's me going off on a tangent. Once again, I'm gonna blame <laughs> lack of sleep there. Uh, but uh when you look at the at the dribble statistics yesterday for Aston Villa, um they're down uh, game on game, week on week, year on year, from the average of what the dribble statistics. Now, obviously, I know that I know that Jack Grealish has like Jack Grealish has departed, and that would be a massive, um, uh, a, a massive carrier of the ball. But even 
even like in that game yesterday, like our, our, our number one carrier of the ball was Ali Watkins or Matty Cash. You know, so they're the people that dribble the ball the most, and they only dribble the ball three times each in the game. Uh, Leon Bailey comes on here, he does it once. So the the introduction of triangles in that midfield, as you mentioned, Paddy, and get mm. the ball, play it off, you know, and you could see that, that there was a lot of round-the-corner passes, there was a lot of triangulation going on, and I thought that was really good to see. But what it did do was it played Danny Ings slightly out of the game, I thought. And it's going to be really interesting. And there's a, there's a comment here now in a moment that I'm going to get to because I'm going to get some of the comments that the lads have been sending in here. But there was a comment in here that you can see that obviously uh, Stephen Gerrard didn't have his full stamp on that game yesterday. But it's going to be interesting to see what he does because Danny Ings was, he was quiet and he didn't do much and he didn't get many touches of the ball and we couldn't get the ball to him. And we could, and, and, and I don't know that the position suit him he was playing in from the simple fact that Maybe he, you know, he wasn't coming deep for the ball, or maybe he was coming too deep for the ball at some stages. Mm. So, be interesting to see how they refine that role there. And 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 I like, think, that, I think got, that's a lot more. I think it's a lot got to what? do with who he was up against as well. There was three Borley centre half there, and marshalling yeah. him very well. And bear in mind that he only came back from interview or from injury uh, recently, <laughs> so he obviously wasn't firing on uh, all cylinders either, which is why he was taken off course. I would imagine. But uh, yeah. he'll he'll come good. He, he he was he was working hard. I could see he was working hard. He was just having no joy against those three big lads. Yeah, like he was taken off in the sixty-six minute, and he had eighteen touches. And Leon Bailey came on in the sixty-six minute. So ninety minus sixty-six leaves you with what, Paddy? 23 minutes, 20, 24 minutes, uh, even. <laughs> so Leon Bailey had 16 touches in those 24 minutes. See, once again, this is educational, more so than anything else this podcast. I've been talking about Countdown, and I'm doing mental arithmetic. It's an all-encompassing type of compa- uh, podcast, this one is. But he, uh, Leon Bailey came on, he had 16 touches of the ball. And Ashley Young came on the 74th minute. And Ashley Young had 16 touches of the ball as well. So it's, it's just going to be an interesting one to see. And like when you look at, and obviously they they dictated possession, Adam, and 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 you kind of mentioned that they that they have more possession there as well. Like their their centre halves, two of their centre halves, Duncan Webster, Webster had one hundred and twenty six touches of the ball yesterday. One hundred and twenty six yeah. touches wow. of the ball. Our and two centre halves combined. This all goes back to that possession figure as well. That doesn't tell the story of the game. That possession no, figure because all of those between each other. Are probably, yeah, it's the back four passing or back five passing the ball around to each other to, to look for a little gap. And we were quite happy to let them have the ball and reorganise and, and then press, which was fine. But uh, yeah, that that's that starter possession that just doesn't wash with me. And and like, because what I was saying there is that, that like, yeah, so at Webster had 126 touches, Mings and Kanza together. Kanza only had 36 touches in the whole game. You know, 36 <laughs> wow. touches. So, like, when you think about it, Mings, Mings and Kanza together had 57 and 36. By my reckoning, that's 93 touches that they had together. Shane Duffy had 95. Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy. His feet barely <laughs> hold him up. Never mind passing the ball. Shane Duffy had 95 passes. So, look, it, or 95 touches of, of the ball. So, um, it's a real interesting one that, that I suppose we're – it's – we're obviously going to see more from this as the, tactically as this whole as as, as the whole kind of um, plan unravels, and uh, and hopefully it will do over the over the coming days and weeks and months, and we'll continue to rocket up the table. Um, just a quick one there as well, guys. I'm just gonna just gonna go through a couple of comments and welcome to all the Struts fans. Absolutely delighted to have you here to see Adam. Um, and there are some comments in here too. 
Um, yes, we're going to try and convert you into being Aston Villa fans as well, which will be fantastic. We've got some people here from uh, from Turkey. So John Gameson, greeting Ireland from Turkey. And also we've got uh, British Mick is there and Dudley as well. Great to have you on board, guys, as well. The Seas, say hey, Adam. We can wave back. <laughs> nice I yeah. see you. <laughs> um, Ed, good to see you, man. Oh, never misses a stream. He says it's a great win today, or a great win yesterday as well. We must be the number one podcast in, our, in Turkey, lads, at this stage. Two people in Turkey. <laughs> Wait for Turkey person to come along. Two come along at the same time. Everybody's welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in, Jason. Um, so British Mick says, one thing I would say is the performance wasn't at the level the fans wanted, but the right level it needed to be. I saw a team that was solid and more importantly structured and giving and all giving 100%. And that's yeah. a comment I wanted to, sh- I wanted to show because... I thought I thought it was a bit of a it was a structured performance for sure. So if it was, someone was to ask me, was it a brilliant performance? I would say it was a brilliant result, but I think it was a I think it was a good structured performance, and I th- I think there was um, I, I think we were sent out there to be to be compact in midfield, as I say, and I think that helped us. That helped us to look as, to 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 nullify some of where they wanted to get. Getting Gross, getting Lalana, getting Trossard on the ball, that's not what we wanted. We wanted to nullify them, push it wide, exactly. because we're, we're not the worst at defending crosses from uh, from, mm. from out wide as long as they're not set and pieces. The, the, key, set the key thing for me in that sentence is, is the last few words. They all, all given 100%. It's mm. the first time in a long time I felt that everybody gave 100%, even down to Al Ghazi that came on in the last few minutes. I don't know whether you could see it on the telly. The a ball went into a corner at one stage. And the old El Ghazi, I felt, would have turned his back on it and let, let him try and kick it around him. But he horsed into it, got a block on him, and out for a throw yeah. in. And Ashley, Ashley Young ran about 20 yards to say to him, that's what we want from you. That's exactly what we want from you. You need to keep that going. And, you know, you could see leadership skills in Ashley Young. But it was, it, for me, it was one of the biggest cheers of the night was to see El Ghazi make that challenge at the end. It was brilliant. For you to say that, Paddy... That's Kool-Aid <laughs> drinking. That means, whoa, we've been here before a podcast at some station and I've gone, Paddy, get it out now and I'll gas you because we can't have you say what you really feel about him on the podcast because they'll <laughs> shut us down. You know, because so so it, it's well known, well documented that uh, Paddy and, and, and Gazi wouldn't have each other on Christmas card lists uh, from time to time. <laughs> um, but that 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 is great to see um, that you're you're slowly but surely being turned around, Paddy. That's fantastic. Because look, there is a player in there as we've all, as I've always said. He's he's diet uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and the way he plays. He's an upright runner. He's tall. He's got like he's able. He, he's got. A, a wicked shot in him when it goes on target and stuff. It's just he does everything maybe about sixty five percent of the of, of the level that Ronaldo does. But he has that type of play style about him. You can see he said it himself. That's who he models his game on. And he even tries to run like him. You know, they're both run kind of upright or upright runners. They run very much from their hips and from there. Like it's it's there's bits and pieces in there. Is he ever going to be the, a, a, an absolute world beater? At 26, 27, I think is what he is now. I'm not quite sure. But can he be somebody that can contribute? Like, can he get 10 goals a season for us like he did last season? Let's see. And hopefully he can. And, and, and you know, we've written him off before and he's gotten 10 goals in the season. So uh, if, if El Ghazi can start chasing people around and maybe coming back for the ball and playing in that number 10, that inverted uh, winger role, all the better. You know, we don't need... We, if we don't need to buy players and we have people that are there that fit into Gerard's system... 
well then all the better for us because uh you know it's sometimes the better things are sitting under your face sitting under your nose mm-hmm. even under your face under your face is where <laughs> about here somewhere can't see that anyway um another comment here tyron mings and matt target were outstanding and yes i want to get to that as well because i t- it was a toss-up for me between the two of those about who man of the match was i thought Matty target was brilliant yesterday He's up against a tricky customer. He was up against his worst nightmare. He was up against somebody who he, or, or a type of player that he struggles with year in, year out. And he looked, he looked, he looked pretty stable. And he, he, mar- he marshaled him into good positions. And because he wasn't 60 yards up the field bombing on like a fullback, he was able to be in positions to kind of jockey him towards the sideline, jockey him towards the end line and get him to cross the ball in as well. Am I over effusive in my praise of Matty Target, Adam, or, or, or was that something that you saw? Did you see a more improved player there yesterday? Yeah, it's, it's like the Matt Target of last season, really. Um, yeah, he, I thought it was incredible. Uh, the challenges, like, you know, Lamptey's rapid and it, it, I wouldn't say he felt co- it looked comfortable because, you know, he, he was a threat, but um, no, I thought he was, you know, much, much improved compared to well, the Watford game on the day one. Um, yeah, he's feels like he's back to himself. And probably the new manager, you know, probably... And he's had the international break. Probably, and he, and mm-hmm. I think the last interview we saw was it was after the uh, um, Southampton game. But just said, yeah, it wasn't good enough. You could really see it in his face. Like, he knew that he hadn't been performing. And I think probably the international break came at a good time. New manager and... Now he's probably mm. hopefully can kick on from here now. Yeah. Because yeah, I felt they should have rolled him out into the interview at the end as well, because it would have been nice to compare the two interviews between yesterday yeah. and Southampton because he looked he looked a completely different man. Yeah. Yeah. Like like let's not let's not forget that you know, for portions of last season, people like Villa fans were saying how is Luke Shaw getting in the in the England squad ahead of uh, maybe not Luke Shaw, but how is X player getting in the England squad ahead of Matty Target? You know, yeah. um, and it was Matty Target for England uh, as opposed to Matty Cash for England or Poland, as the case is now. But you know, so so you don't just become a bad player overnight, and you don't have a fluky season over the course of a full thirty-eight games. You know, so there is something once again, just like we we're saying about El Ghazi, there's something in there with Matty Target, and 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 if he can get it fixed. You know, obviously, I do still think that we should bring in competition for him. I think we should bring in competition on both both flanks, uh, both full back positions, and I think we need to bring in at least one, if not two, more midfielders for competition. But you know, Matt Target is is a serviceable, very serviceable Premier League footballer, and uh, if he can improve on what he did yesterday, then uh, I will be I'll be delighted for him as a person because, as you say, he looked broken after the Southampton game. He really, really did. And Tyrone Mings, what a finish! What a oh, yeah. finish. Like, that ball comes to him at a million miles an hour and he just swings a right foot at it. How many times do we see those? Like, they, they end up halfway <laughs> over to St. Andrews, like, some of the times, you know, if, if, uh, if, uh, if he doesn't catch it clean. And he knew it. The second he hit it, he knew he'd scored. He ran off oh, celebrating yeah. a la Alan Shearer. Brilliant. I was thankful that the net was there because that ball was heading straight from my face the way he hit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were we were right in line with it, so we could just just the minute left his boot. It was just oh euphoria. There was absolute limbs everywhere, all over the whole thing. It was unbelievable. Um, I haven't seen scenes like that now in a while, so I enjoyed it probably since uh, since we beat the Blues the last time, maybe. Yeah. Um, so you know, because we had that 
yeah, the, the COVID season, we call it, where we weren't very good. So uh, it was just um, to, to see grown men like nearly in tears, you know, thinking that the good days are back. And, you know, it's it's our, our you know, new manager, uh, great reception. Like it was just an outpouring of emotion when that second goal went in, like, like even after the first one, I felt okay. We've seen this before. We'll throw this away. But when the second one went in. The roof nearly came off the place. It was absolutely brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, it's like a can't stop scoring, though. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Was like a sigh of relief. Yeah, hundred percent. He just he's gotten the bug for scoring goals after scoring against San Marino as well, and that was a fair finish against San Marino too. That was yeah. a, that was a brilliant header. That was one of the better goals that England scored that night of the ten. But uh, fair play to him. Look, as I say, captain material. Gerard kept him captain for a reason. For now, actually, that's that's kind of what I got from the interview that Gerard did. He said, "Well, he's his captain for now, you know, and 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 he has to just like everybody else, he has to play up to the mantle of being captain." And and I think, and we'll get on to speak about Gerard specifically and just little things about uh, the, the, uh, about him that I just really liked. We will get on to talk to him about him in a moment, but first we're just going to go back to some of the comments here. AVFC US says Bundia runs around like a headless chicken, unwilling to play simple passes, incapable of shooting the ball, and he pouts in the field too. And and you know what? I, I can't really disagree. I, I can disagree with the headless chicken part because. I think that's his that's his game. He's he's a small player, and and, and I think his his game is to be there. To he's he's a press player, so I can understand why he does this. But I do have concerns about him shielding the ball, and I do have concerns about him um about some of his pouting on the field too, as we mentioned there. So it's uh it's it's you know it's some some valid points there. I think we've the best. We still have the best years yet to come, should I say, of Buendia too. And uh, Hookah SC says, I think he was frustrated rather than pissed he was taken off. I think he wants to kick on and isn't happy with being a passenger. And and, and you know what? Absolutely, it could be. It could have been exactly like that because I think, you know, he's he's probably a very passionate player. And I think a lot of the Norwich uh, player, a lot of Norwich fans and the Norwich guys that we had on afterwards said he wears his heart in his sleeve and that like he's he's a red card in him. You know, so so uh, he's a fiery individual. So it's it's probably just his way about him, and and I think that that's that's probably okay too. Kieran O'Callaghan, good to have you on board, Kieran. He thought Villa Park felt very nervous yesterday till we scored. Then it became hot. It could have ended up three or four nil in the end. I, I actually agree. I think it could have ended yeah. up three or four nil in the end as well because I, I I said it on Twitter. Ashley Young, I apologize profusely to you because before the game, I kind of was saying that. I certainly didn't want to see him in the fullback positions, and I was saying at a push I might play him out in one of the ten positions. And then he comes out midfield, and he—I won't say he run the, ran the show, but he was a steadying influence when he came on in there. He kept control of the ball. He played that ball through to Watkins for the goal, and and, and fair play to him. I thought I thought he was really really good, and you know for a substitution that when Dean Smith made it against against West Ham, and granted we were down to ten men, it was rudimentarily panned across the board. Because of the impact it had, when it came when he came on yesterday, whatever his role was that he was asked to come on in, he just seemed to be a bit more involved and a bit less, um, a, 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 a bit less kind of run aroundy. If that, that that's not a word, <laughs> once again, I'm 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 saying it because I can't think of anything else. Uh, so he had a he had, he had a bit more of an impact in the game for sure. I absolutely believe that. Paddy, like you said as well, Ramsey was magnificent yesterday. He covered left side and created a defensive trifecta with Marty, Matty T, I presume that is, and Mings, which is great stuff. Yeah, 
I, I think Ramsey's def, Ram, Ramsey's our player of the season so far, or definitely our young player of the season so far. Anyway, I absolutely uh, think that. Just gonna, uh, I'm losing track of, the, of all the comments here. So, um, apologies if I miss anybody's comment there, uh, guys and girls that are watching there. So Alfie says that Bundia needs his confidence back. Stevie G and Beale will give him that. I think he's too good not to improve, in my opinion. And. and and yeah, we've 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 said something similar to that. Once the team, this team gets used to playing that the, those triangles in midfield, I think that he will be more of an option there. Um, I do think he does need to get used to people coming from behind him. As in, you know, I'm not even going to say shielding the ball, but just being cute about it. Bruno Fernandez can't shield the ball to save himself, but he gets freeze every time someone comes at him when he's trying to play those little round the, round the corner passes. Um, and I think Buendia can be cuter in that aspect too as well. Um, Stephen Stephen Wright is in Finland. Excellent. I'd say it's, is it is it very dark in Finland at this time of see this time of year, Stephen? Uh, comment <laughs> in the comments below. <laughs> Judging by, by uh, Stephen's guitar, there, I reckon it's you that brought him here, Adam. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe so, maybe so indeed. Uh, Subum Gamers, one of Bar Target's biggest fans. He thought he played very, very well yesterday. Um, yeah, as I said, Target is, is is somebody I think that can hold his head up after his performance yesterday. And and he also asked, is Gilbert still on loan or did we sell him? He's on loan at Strasbourg, I am yeah, reliably informed by my own mental capacity that I think it's Strasbourg that he's with uh, at the minute. But whether we see him back or not, I don't know. I suppose all slates are wiped clean now, so might see him back at some stage. But uh, um, he's he's living it up uh, in the south of France. So um, more power to him wherever he is at the moment. Um, British Mixit makes a great point here. Brighton's retention of the ball was good enough to outpossess out Liverpool, but ball retention is pointless with no end product and also stifles the game. Which was their intention, uh, which was their intention. And Paddy, when we were doing the team sheet tantrum, I thought that Potter was going to come for a draw and hope maybe, and, and if the opportunity came came up to win, obviously, that, that, that the team would be there to take it. And I thought that they would pass it around between Basuma and the, and, and the three centre halves. So, uh, next question, I suppose, for you, Paddy, is let's say Graham Potter was manager of Aston Villa and he rocked up and he started playing those tactics at Aston Villa. How long do you think before people would be saying, holy shit, I didn't need this. I don't need to be watching my centre halves pass the ball around amongst <laughs> each other. And plus three at the back, three at the back, you know. So, okay. when I'm not, I'm, I'm, look, Potter's obviously done a great job, you know. That, that that position possession based football that he plays sometimes can, you know, it, it can be difficult to break down a low block with it, and and mm. and, uh, and 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 I suppose it's important to play in different ways. Yeah, and he like I've no doubt in my mind, it, and and even if you look at it, the substitution on eighty minutes, that was he felt he had a chance to go and nick nick a, a goal, and as it turned out, all it did was leave them a little bit more open, and we went and scored two. So I thought for eighty minutes. They were very passive. They were, they were keeping the ball. They didn't try too hard for the to find the penetration. If if it came kind of by accident, they were taking it and hoping to get something out of it. They seem to be they seem to be getting themselves into positions to try and kick the ball off fellas to go for corners so the big fellas can come up and head it. So yeah, it, it wasn't exactly how I'd like to see Aston Villa playing football. So I'm kind of happy that we have Steven Gerrard and not Graham Potter. Plus he's a blue nose, so uh, I've absolutely no love for him at all. Easy. 
I think yes, there, yeah. there was this thing where they were saying he was, and then he wasn't, and then he was a Villa fan, and then he's a blue. Yeah. I, I didn't know whether there was any consensus. On I have I have a go-to man in Birmingham that tells me all these things, and he's never wrong, and he reckons he's a blue nose, so that's good enough for yeah. me. He works in the <laughs> census office, and <in> the... <laughs> get all that info. Uh, Rod, thank you so much, Rod, and thanks as always for tuning into the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. That that means an awful lot to us, and. And Rod says specifically to you, Paddy, thanks for the live, stre- live stream from the ground yesterday. I felt like having a friend at the game for those of you who can't get there. Cheers. And, Cheers, and Rod. My pleasure. That's it's great to be I'm always when when it happens, I'm sitting there looking over my shoulder that someone's going to be ousting me out of the stadium, and that's the worry. But uh, nobody has said anything yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. if we're yes. doing it while yes. the game kicked off, it might be a different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the FA shut us down because we're stealing their their rights, um, yeah. after they signed a massive deal with, oh God, it's just after running out of back of my mind. There, no, was it? Was it? What was it? Was NBC it NBC or, or NBC, something? NBC, yeah. NBC, yeah, yeah. And and it's actually an interesting deal whereby the winners of the league get more get more of the pot than. And it, like it's a it's an aggregated uh, pot, yeah. so like where you finish in the league is is the the TV money is divvied up based on where you finish in the league, which to me is a bit it's a bit super leaguey for my liking, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a bit European super league for my liking. Um, Adam. Interesting one for you here as well. The, the British Mix says here, I've done nothing but slag Ali off. I'm glad to eat humble pie if he continues in this vein. I think a lot of opinions formed under Dean Smith will change under Steven Gerrard as we'll see better performances. And I think what I want to take from that is who in your mind will we see perform either better, and I'll let you pick whichever one you want to pick, either better or worse, better or worse under Steven Gerrard, maybe somebody that kind of just fit what Steen Smith wanted to do, but might be the odd man out uh, under Steven Gerrard. Who would be your your guy? Well, it's funny because I think you were saying this on podcast yesterday or the other one, I can't remember when it was. And I thought Ollie Watkins because I thought they're not going to not play Danny Ings, but now obviously he's playing on the left. Um, Gerald thinks he can do it, so I wouldn't say that now. Um, trying to think, uh, I think I think obviously improving wise, Ramsey's just I think you know if your coach is arguably one of the best midfielders of all time, <laughs> you, you can only get yeah. better really. And he's you no, know, and he's young and stuff. Uh, I mean, because I don't know. I think what can I think he's invaluable with his pressing and Danny Ings has obviously always got goals in him. I think, it's, you know, it would be interesting to see if Traore or when Al Ghazi come back. I feel like they're always going to kind of be like the impact subs kind of thing. I can't see yeah. them starting ahead of um, Watkins or uh, Danny Ings. And I think Buendia, they spent that much money on him and they have to just keep playing him until he kind of hits the kind of form <laughs> that he had before. Um, but... Uh, no, uh, yeah, I say, I was, and then yeah, Ramsey's just going to improve in uh, McGinn, and you know, uh, see who he brings him in January. That'd be interesting because I think it sounds to me like from one of the interviews he said, "Yeah, I'm going to work with what I've got at the moment until January." So I think he's obviously going to get mm. backed. So that'd be interesting. I think you've, I think you've mentioned and, that a forgotten, forgotten man there in Traore. You know, that I think he's going to be like a new signer when he comes back because he can play in either of those roles as well in in that kind of inside forward. That's Looks like it's going to be created by Gerard. So, um, 
you know, we, as as time goes on, we will have better better options to spring from the bench, especially in January because he, he's bound to bring in one or two as well, and maybe maybe one or two will go out. It'll be interesting to see. But Traore, who I'd completely forgotten about till he said it there, will probably benefit from this if if they can if they can shoehorn him into that position. Here from the strut says Adam even at AVFC on his guitar picks. Could you confirm or deny that, Adam? You do. Look, hey. <laughs> look at that. That's what I'm talking about. Here for the struts and the, the money. Yeah, excellent. Wherever, I, wherever I go, because I'm mainly touring America, so. Uh... I've had a few people go like, "What is this?" I'm like, <laughs> you went, the best what? soccer team in the Never world. Come <laughs> Never come to one of my gigs again. Do your homework. This is the best yeah. soccer team in the world. <laughs> always come to always go to the Struts. Fans, so he's got one. All right, he's an oh. Arsenal fan. Oh, we all yeah. we all have our crosses to bear. We all have our crosses to bear. It's all good. It's all good. Um, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, James Barnwell says that Graham Potter was a played for the Blues, but is a Villa fan. There's controversy of football. Oh. There is controversy of football. I don't know. Craig, no. there, he could, he could <laughs> have a, he could have what is well known as Gardneritis, maybe. He could um, do. Graham Potter, he could do. Whereby he, if he played with Blues, maybe he did, never said he supported Aston Villa and 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 the like. You know, so maybe he has that too. Uh, who knows? Um, let's, let's just. It. He is a blue nose or he's a Villa fan. He's a Villa fan. Yeah, Google All does right. say he's a Villa fan. Yeah. Mm. In many articles, but he, he's never actually said it himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going to have to go on Ancestry.com and then check back to see how all the rest of his family were with the blue noses or whatever the fans. Um, if anybody can pick up maybe a Starbucks cup that Graham Potter had and we can get some of his DNA, we'll be able to test it that way. We'll uh, we, we'll see what the crack is with him. Um, just before we finish up, and Jesus, I'm only after seeing there, Adam. I never even asked you how long you could spare tonight. I really apologize, but we're here for about oh, four minutes. Oh, no, I'm well in. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> just before before we finish up, let's talk about the man in a moment, the person I suppose that the cameras were really, really there to see. And no, not you, Paddy, but the cameras were there to see Stephen Gerrard. Um, I'm going to go on a small bit of a soliloquy as, as, as is my way about him. But I felt that the man, the man said something in his, in his opening interview about, oh, he wanted to get away from the cameras and he didn't want to be the main attraction in the draw. He wanted to learn his role and he wanted to come back and it was about the players. And he mentioned in it as well that this, like, this is only going to work if the players buy into me, buy into what we're, what, sorry, he didn't say me. He said buy into what we're, what we're bringing. And I felt that he made himself very understated for the for the main and uh, he was passionate on the line which i absolutely loved and we've got look, we've got all the mimetics that are going on there about him fist pumping and stuff like that that's fantastic but i think i think in the main he just he just performed like any other manager you know and 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 he was he was out of the way and the lads in the claret and blue podcast said a great thing and i didn't notice because obviously i wasn't there but patty you might you, you might have seen it when when you were there afterwards he obviously corralled all the players brought him down to the whole end but he stayed back near the center, near, near the near the halfway line. And the thinking behind that was that you guys have played here. They've cheered for you. You go down mm. and you say thank you to them. And you take all that yeah. applause for them. Because there'll be some days when they're going to want to absolutely rip your heads off because of performances you played. <laughs> so take the adulation, exactly. and then, but also have the balls to go down and face them when you've not had such a good game as well. And 100%. and it should, like, like to me, if that's what happened, I like that he is he's been that type of guy because because 
it just goes to show that, like, he he was the ultimate team player when he was playing with Liverpool. He really was the ultimate team player. And if he's able to yeah. bring that into management, like he's like he is doing with his massive backroom team, for me that gets me almost as excited as as as, as anything he sh- he will be able to do. Because sometimes I think that, and and this is Nate, like Dean Smith wasn't like this, but you have seen like a Jose Mourinho type, or you know, you can you can name a lot of other managers like that to put themselves out in the front. I like a team. I like I like even a backroom team, and, and and I like the fact that that the manager is not a cog in the wheel and, and understands modern age kind of uh, management from that point of view. But what did you see, Paddy, and the, the, in the stadium? Was there anything maybe that we we didn't quite pick up, or what was it like in the touchline, or what was it like before the game, anything like that? Yeah, well, he see, he seemed to be more or less just himself out in the touchline too. He he wasn't constantly calling on someone else, or there wasn't constantly someone in his ear either. Um, at one stage, the crowd, the, the whole day, burst into Stevie, Stevie, give us a wave. And it got to the second one, and his hand went up straight away. And it wasn't even a wave, it was kind of like, stop. That And yeah. to me, that's a measure of the man as well. That You know, he's like, yeah, it's fine, but it's not about me, you know. And he stopped it. Whereas you've seen managers, now that could come down to concentration and everything else, where it goes on 10, 20 times, and then eventually you get a wave. So uh, he he was he was aware of what was going on around him. He he heard them singing. Stevie gave us a wave. Up went the hand, and that was it. That was the only time it was uh, it was sung throughout the game. So um, yeah, I, t- I totally agree that he's he's uh, he's all about bigging up the players. Um, I had to rush out straight after because I was under time constraints to get to the airport. Thankfully, my good friend uh, Billy was over from Waterford, and he had a, a lift arranged with. Uh, an old friend of ours, Mazza, he brought us out to the airport. So we were just rushing back to his car to get back. So I couldn't stay around for the celebrations afterwards. Um, but that was the one thing that stood because Stephen said to me, God, he didn't last long without putting up his hand there. And I just explained that's that just seems to be the way he is. It's not about him. Mm. It's all about the club. It's all about the players. It's all about the people on the pitch. It's all about the fans in the stadium. So for that, I admire him for sure. Yeah. And Adam, where do you stand on the on the passion on the sideline? Obviously, the you can take the player out, you can take the player out of the game, but you can't take the game out of the player. Even when he's on the when he's on the sideline there and he's scoring goals. I don't know about you, Adam, but I'm up for seeing a lot more of those celebrations in the sideline, and oh. uh, especially <laughs> you know when, when when things go our way. Definitely, I think, especially. I think everyone was banging on about, oh, it's a stepping stone and he just wants to be at Liverpool. But you see the passion from him. He's just a winner, isn't he? He just wants to win football games. And and you just saw that. And I think, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I was watching all, all, all stuff all over Twitter. And like after the game, like he shakes Graham Potter's hand and he was just like, look, as he walked away, like, yeah, beat you kind of thing. It was nice. And then, <laughs> um, no, I, I'm all for that. Like, I think passion is... I, I always... You look at Mourinho and like, they win a game or they score a goal and he's just sat there looking miserable. And I'm like, what? why are you in this? <laughs> like, So, yeah. no, I think it's, it's great to see for, from him. And yeah, I mean, if we're a stepping stone, great, because he ain't going to get the Liverpool job if he does a shit job here. So. <laughs> exactly. This is it. And someone, I think we're, I think we're all on the same opinion there. Someone made a great point to me on Twitter today as well. I I, I I apologize. I, I know somebody who watches the watches the, the the streams very regularly, but they said that you know, obviously the Man United job is up for grabs at the moment. So, like, if we've got a manager, like, like the great thing about Stevie G's, uh, uh, no, sorry, I said it. Where's the tip? Where's the jar? Where's the swear jar? Stevie G. Yeah. The thing about the thing about <laughs> Stephen Gerrard is that 
you know, we can give out about, oh, sure, he's, he's, he's on a time limit to go to the Liverpool game, but, or Liverpool, um, Liverpool gig. But, like, when, when opportunities come up for the Spurs gig or for the Chelsea gig or for the United gig, if we're flying it, there's no way they're going to come looking for him because they know he's going to give them two fingers because he's going to wait for the Liverpool gig. So, in a way, while, while everybody's saying, oh, but sure, he'll be after Liverpool in two years' time, yeah, but we could be steadfast in the knowledge that he probably won't go to like to Spurs or to Fekin or, or to United in the in the meantime. So uh, swings and roundabouts, I think, with with, with Stephen Gerrard. And I actually read I, I read an interesting thing about him. It was actually on Villa Report. I can't remember who it was. I think it was like Tom. I can't remember who it was that reported it first, but apparently he made made the players take mock GCSEs uh, to to improve their focus over the last week. Apparently, it was kind of a, something that he, that he put in there. Now, I've said that out no of my way. mouth. If that came from a parody account, I completely and utterly have egg <laughs> on my face. But I did see it somewhere, and I will find it. But I just realized, shit, I think it actually came from Fabrizio Romano. But I didn't <laughs> click on it to see was it the real Fabrizio Romano. And now I'm going, as it comes out of my mouth, I'm going, that sounds a bit kind of mad, doesn't it? But <laughs> I'm gonna to have to go back and find that now. But if he did, but it wouldn't surprise me because it was it was apparently an exercise in focus and seeing what, seeing who could focus and see who could who could be given a task to do and not have much information on it and go and do it without you know being just one of these people that laughs and jokes and goes, I don't give a shit if it's a bad job or not, you know. So maybe there was something in that, but um. Hopefully, I didn't get duped by a dupe account when that one when that one was shown there. But I don't think I was. I I, I don't think I was. Um, guys, we've 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 been talking for nearly fifty minutes and half. It was me talking about countdown and talking about fake GCSEs there and stuff like that. So I do apologize for my rantiness. But uh, like Adam, I suppose on a scale of one to ten, where where is your excitement level between now and uh, I suppose between now and, and and the January transfer window? Obviously, we've got a couple of games that are going to be very very difficult: Crystal Palace and the Horizon. Then we've got Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea. Somebody else good in the mid in the <laughs> middle of that there as well. What what's what's your optimism level between now and and, and the January transfer window? Um, you know we've won one game, so you can't get two over the top but I think a clean sheet and you know for the most part we didn't have too many chances well we actually we had quite a few but we limited them so that was good to see and at the end of the day we won which I, I said because I was going to go to the game to my girlfriend and I was like I'm so glad we didn't bother going at 80 minutes because I you know because <laughs> Brian are very good at boring you off the pitch as well because like whenever we had momentum it was like oh let's pass it around the centre half so 10 minutes, mm. so frustrating for sure. But then obviously when the goals went, I was like, oh God, now I wish I was there. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm pretty positive. I think with the glimpses that we saw of the new kind of style of play looked great and exciting and more and more of that, I'm, I'm be well chuffed. And if we can get another three points from Crystal Palace, is it Crystal Palace next? Crystal yes. Palace next, I think, yeah. yeah. And then I think if we get that, then I'm, I'll be, you know, at the moment I'm a good like seven out of 10 excited well i don't know what the rating is but then if we win the next game well, you know i'll be pushing 10 9.5 and i'll be like yeah that's where i'm at <laughs> yeah and and, and yeah because I, I think i think the next game is very very away I, I, too in it so it is i i think it's almost a must win 
in, in a lot mm. of senses because we're going to be like there's going to be like a week of a circus after that with Jack Grealish coming back to Villa Park. It's going to be a circus, um, oh. in the fact that please like, be play Man City then, and it's yeah, it's it's the eight <laughs> fifteen game as well. But the good thing, well, I was going to say the good thing, it's a Wednesday night, it's the eight fifteen game, but Liverpool Everton are on the same time, so uh, the Merseyside Derby. So uh, I would imagine that whoever made those fixtures. Is probably their their boss is looking at him going, "What did you do those two on the same night for you, e- you e- idiot?" Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, yeah. So, Paddy, what 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 are your views? I suppose where do you where do you come down on the next couple of games? Scale of one to ten. Um. Well, my excitement level after yesterday is at a ten. There's no doubt about that. I I, I walked out of there yesterday absolutely buzzing, buzzing, and. Bear in mind that I'm on dry November, so there's nothing got to do with the copious amount of alcohol I usually have when I go to Villa Park. <laughs> and thankfully, thankfully, my next game that I go to is Man City, and it's the 1st of December. So I will have a little pub crawl in the afternoon on Wednesday week in uh, in uh, the centre of Birmingham before I head out to Villa Park to celebrate the end of dry November and to enjoy that game at, uh, at Villa Park, which I fully expect us to give them a good, good game. But... Uh, Saturday is a big one. I think if he gets three points on Saturday, then the rest mm. of the league are looking around, going, "Oh, oh, we've got to worry about these guys." They've they've taken two scalps now of guys who were the surprise packages of the season, and we've gone and taken six points. So I think if we get three points on Saturday, there'll be a lot of people wary of us after that. Yeah, just to report, I am an absolute idiot. It was the fake Villa report and a fake Fabrizio Romano. The GCS story, the GCSE story is absolute. Nappy water, completely and utterly false. But, uh, Nappy water. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. As it was coming out of my mouth, I went, wait a minute, this sounds absolutely, this sounds rubbish. I've um, got a first impression, is it? The manager comes in and like, yeah, can you do math BCSE? I feel like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be really honest. I'm not even sure what the GCSE even is. <laughs> So, there is that too. There is that uh, for sure. But uh, the junior cert, yeah. Is it the junior cert? I would have said it was junior the cert, uh, yeah. the old inter cert here in Ireland for any of our for any of our listeners that are over the age yeah. of fifty um, or so. But uh, yeah, so I'll be I'll, I'll be sure to to click on on the on the link to make sure that it is an actual verified link in future. Um, Guys, I think that's going to do us for tonight. Adam, thank you so much for your time. I like, I feel like I've robbed an hour of your life. And, and uh, no, mate, I loved it. So. I love... <laughs> no, I, I listen to podcasts all the time, and I'm walking my dog. And uh, <laughs> excellent. And uh, it's nice to talk about Villa, you know, football. It's yeah. it's fun. So thank you for having yeah. me. No, absolutely, our pleasure to have you on. Really is, and, and we hope to have you on again in the future as well. If you're if you are so willing, and uh, we promise we won't Definitely. take an hour the next time. <laughs> I just like to say, Adam, I just like to say I'm very very jealous because I used to have hair like yours, but as you can see, I'm uh, follically challenged now as I got older. <laughs> I miss, oh, I'm, I miss away, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm clinging on, you know. Oh, God, don't. Ooh. 
hide it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and and while we are talking about hair, about hairlines and stuff like that as well, yeah, yeah, my pillow is not my friend in the mornings because uh, I do seem to see more of it on the pillow more and more every morning now. Um, so I'm thinking if I just don't sleep or if I sleep standing up, then my hair will stay in. I think that's the thing. That's what's gonna happen. Um, I'm sure there's some science behind that. But uh, no, mean it, Adam. Thank you so much for popping on. It means an absolute lot. Adam, anything going on with the struts at the moment? Are you guys? Uh, um, I presume well, COVID was a killer for you guys, obviously, like it was for a lot of the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah. Then I actually, we, we did a tour and then I ended up getting COVID on nine shows before the end. So oh, that was annoying and, um, yeah, knocked me out for sure. Um, but we're redo, we're, we rescheduled the dates for January. So we'll be the West Coast of America. Going to go back and do them in January. Um, I'm just trying to think. No, there's a, uh, struts news. Not a lot I can say because it's like yeah. Secret, I, was going like, to, I was going to say um, what, what, could you, what you can say and what you can't say is completely yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're definitely working on new music in December. Going out to Nashville, we're going to be uh, writing some new music um, and then sing two. This new movie is coming out. Um, mm. It's got uh, one of our songs could have been me in it, so that's going to be cool. Um, yeah, that's it. Be not, sure to not, give us a shout now when you when when you eventually come to play in Ireland. Make sure you give us a shout and we'll come and see you. Absolutely, yeah, de- definitely, mate. Yeah, tickets are all yours. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, <laughs> excellent. No, that is that that is great. And as I said, it's great to see that the entertainment industry is getting back up on its feet again. And you know, specifically over over in the states, like you did mention that you do an awful lot of your your your. Uh, your tours and stuff like that over in the States as well. And look, to be honest with you, I was feeling sorry for you until you said the West Coast of America in January. I think I'd like to be on the West Coast of America in January as well for the sunshine. So uh, <laughs> you know, swings and roundabouts once again, you know, with the lovely weather that you're going to have over there. In some parts, as long as you're not up near near Seattle in January, I would imagine isn't going to be very nice weather. But as you come down, creep down towards California, um, I'm sure you'll reap the benefits of the sunny, sunny climates. Uh, I'm sure, for sure. Um Adam, I said it. I said it already, but thank you so much for popping on. Really, really appreciate it, Paddy. As always, thank thanks a million me. for breaking your neck to get over and come back and be here at six o'clock. We don't usually do our, our podcast at six o'clock, but um, uh, as I say, it's a it, it's a change from convention and one that I really liked. And to be honest with you, my, my better half is after putting on the the heating since we started this podcast, and my face is getting getting more and more red as the <laughs> podcast has gone on. So this is one reason why I'm trying to finish up the podcast because I might explode with heat in a moment. But uh, thanks a million as always, Patty, and to everybody who watches and listens. Thanks so much to everybody who watches and listens. We're coming very very close to two thousand uh, subscribers on YouTube. It's only a small thing, as I've said a million and one times before. It's myself and Patty's vanity project and nothing else. But we'd love to have you on for the long for the ride and and two. 2,000 followers is, uh, or subscribers, should I say, is a nice round number. And, and, and that would make me really, really happy. I think we're only like 20 or 25 away from it. So uh, be a nice Christmas present for me if we could get there before the 25th of December. Um, as always, as well, guys, beer52.com forward slash love. There is an offer there that we have for $5.95 postage and packaging. You will receive 10 beers from Beer52. Um, sign up to their subscription service and monthly you will receive uh, cases of beer also with some snacks and some, and, uh, some magazines. And it is the world's biggest beer uh, emporium. So I would implore anybody, if you are interested in stocking up um, for the future games that we have coming up or even for the Christmas period, the beer52.com forward slash love is your place to go with our love and with our blessings as well so 
Once again, Stephen Gerrard, 2 0, or Aston Villa, 2 0. Stephen Gerrard, first winning manager since 1998 under John, uh, John Gregory uh, in, in that, that famous February. Let's make it a habit of winning and let's uh, try and get some get some points in the board against some of these big teams as the next few weeks go on and on and on. But uh, that's going to do it for Neil, us tonight. Before, yes. before you go, there's been a few With people news? slagging me saying I was the hex that I read the two games and we lost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like to remind people that uh, that's over. And I was also at John Gregory's first game as well. So uh, <laughs> long may the winning continue. There we go. 1998, exactly. 19, once again, whenever Paddy mentions he was at these games back in the mid, mid to late 90s, I always go, Paddy, I was 13 <laughs> in 1998. Actually, I wasn't. It was only 12. I wasn't 13 till the April in 1998. So there you go, Paddy. And you wouldn't even think it with my big Santa Claus beard, but I'm only a young fella. Um, so, I was, so sure I was only six then as well. My father brought me. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're, I will uh, leave it at that. You're a better podcaster than you are a liar, Paddy. Put it that way. <laughs> With a podcast and you are a liar. Um, all right, guys, thanks so much for that. We're coming up in the hour mark. Really, really appreciate it. Um, as I said, we'll be back during the week. I'm going to try and get on on Tuesday and do a maybe I might even be doing it for my new podcasting layer, my new podcasting office, but uh, I might come on and try and do a tactical review of the game. And if not, we will be back with a preview of the Crystal Palace game later on in the week. Once again, thank you so, so much, Adam, for popping on. And thank you so, so much to everybody for watching. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.